0: Once I was lost in my sin and confusion, seeking for someone to show me the way, then Jesus found me and all. Change when I
1: You it all. you're worthy of it all, yes, Jesus, you're worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. I breathe, Lord. you're worthy of it all, every song I sing, for from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory.
0: of Christian soldiers fighting Satan every day. We're standing up for Jesus while we're kneeling down to pray. If his precious blood has cleansed you and washed away your sins that made you a member of the blood-washed man, praise God. soul cleansing blood of the land I was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood washed man
2: God's children are advancing marching till we reach the goal for the battle's almost over and we'll soon be going home saints go marching in singing praises to the captain of the blood wash man
0: praise
2: God
0: I'm a member of the blood wash I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb I was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came and made the blood washman.
2: God's children are advancing, marching till we reach the goal. For the battle's almost over and we'll soon be going home. I can hear the sound of angels as the saints go marching in, singing praises to Praise the, the captain of the blood washman. Praise God! Praise
0: God! soul cleansing blood of the land i was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood water's band praise god i'm a member of the blood water's band i've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the land I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood-washed band. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the Master came and made me a member of the blood wash band. Praise God! member of the blood washed bag. I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the land. I was bound by chains, chains of sin till one day, day the master
3: came and made me a
0: member of the blood was band. washed bag. I was bound by chains of sin till one, one day, day the master came
1: of the blood washers back.
0: There's victory in Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. There's power. He gives us the power to overcome. You know, I was reading, a, the Lord has just been dealing with me, the remembrance of the old Bible. He set up stones. Remember yes. the, the strength I've given you. Go back and keep looking, keep stretching, keep remembering thus saith the lord has the power to deliver us to give us strength the power praise god to go forward thank you lord jesus
4: lord as i seek to serve you may you find in me what's pleasing to your heart let me leave my will at calvary take on the nature humbled by your scars. For I know that only through your love who I am will be hidden by your grace. Let my desires be overshadowed as I recall the purpose of that place. Hide me behind the cross, where my gains become as lost, and don't world in need. The only profit that would be gained would be the empty honor of my deeds. But with all of me behind your cross, your love will be free to the world to shine. Anoint me with your power so I can reach souls so you were glorified. Hide need- me World sees only you.
0: All your power will be
5: revealed. The more
4: that I am concealed, hide me behind the cross, so the world. behind the cross cross so so the world world sees only you. you that is my new year's
6: prayer Of your voice, as you have led me through the fire, and in darkest nights, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, and I've known you as a friend. of the goodness
5: of God. In desert land, I tell myself, keep walking. Thank you.
7: place I'd rather be. Andy called you up. You guys stay here for a minute. The power of water. Water, if you've ever been swept up in it, you understand the power of moving water. All my fountains this morning the power of moving water, the Holy Spirit, the holy water of God that comes down from heaven needs to flow through this place like a mighty rushing wave and disturb everything that's sitting in it. Because I'm telling you this morning, there is power in the Holy Spirit this morning. There is power to save a soul. There is power. There's victory, Duran, like you spoke about this morning. There is power this morning to assure Do all evil if we take hold of it this morning. May the power and the water of the Holy Spirit flow over this place this morning and disturb the souls, disturb the hearts. There is not a senator, there's not a congressman, there's not a president that can do anything that the Holy Ghost is not allowing this morning. And I'm telling you this morning, we need to get off our hunches and we need to draw upon that water this morning. Let it be the fountain that's overflowing. This morning, he said, I'll be a river of living water spraying up with inside of you. Take a hold of that river of living water this morning and allow the fountain of the Holy Spirit to flow. He's worthy this morning, he's worthy in the house this morning. I give him praise this morning. He is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy this morning. I Hallelujah. And yes, I'm excited. And I pray that I can get beside myself because I want the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through me. If I want anything for this year, it's Lord, let your power flow through me. Not only ankle deep, not only knee deep, but Lord, let me swim in the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord this morning. It's not
1: how you start. But it's how you finish. You got a chance to finish
0: 2023 on your feet, worshiping the Lord this morning. Is there a place you'd rather be today? Is there another God you'd rather serve today? Is there another
1: thing that you'd rather take part in? This is it this morning. Love you.
3: Thank you for the offering today. I know it's getting late and I've got a short message, so you just have to trust me on that. I know you don't, but I'm going to try anyway. Uh, I've been using uh, been using a scripture the last couple of weeks. Uh, started with it a couple of times and I'm going to start with it again today, but I'm going to go a little different path with it and uh, I know what God was saying to me and I want to bring it out. It's the day we're living and if this message is pointed at anybody, I'm going to give you a clue. It's pointed to you that's in the next generation down. You that are a little bit younger than I am, you that know that I'm 68 and you're uh, say 50 below or whatever, 40 below, whatever you are and you're a child of God, and you're watching our world fall apart, and you're standing by and waiting for us to move or us to do something, and I want to point this message back to you, and I'm not excusing us at all. You know what? I watched before I've watched before I've watched the foundation of, of the church, I've watched the Way that God has built the church, I, look, I see the things that God is doing in the past, and I see what God is doing in the future. And I can tell you, the gospel never changes. It is built on the same thing, which is Christ, and it is going to be built on that. This church today, and the church that was here when my father was a pastor, or when Murrow Vaughn was a pastor at Asbury, or before, can I tell you something? The same church is going on. Now, there's different ways we do things. Sometimes sing a little different song. Sometimes we talk a little bit different way about certain scripture. But can I tell you something? The gospel's built upon Christ. And you know what? I want to get this point across younger younger than I am. I want you to hear what I'm saying because I'm pointing a finger at you. Why am I pointing a finger? It's exactly what I feel like God has said to me. I came out here at Christmas. I want to say this. I come out here at Christmas last week. And we came out here and my son Timmy got some games together and we put about five or six couples up on, he put about five or six couples up and they were answering questions. And I was sitting there and I was listening and some of it's comic over how, how they met and how they you know and it was good but it was it was also representing each almost every family of my big family that we come out here for Christmas. They were all sitting there and they, the questions were being asked and I was listening. To them. I was listening to Christian couples at a younger age than me, and all of a sudden it was like God gave me this narrow vision. There's the tomorrow. There is our tomorrow. And I want you to understand something it's not just personal people. But it's theirs. our tomorrow. They are waiting upon God. They're smart. They know what a Christian is. They know how to walk this walk. And I can tell you something, God's waiting on you. He ain't waiting on me. He's waiting on you also. And guess what? If there is a future, the future's in what God's going to do in you. I don't know what that is. Can I tell you, I can never be my father. I could never be Merle R. Vaughn, I couldn't be Richard Vaughn. I can't be somebody else. But I can be me the best that I can be. And that's exactly who you are to be in Christ. And don't ever think God can't bloom it, because God will bloom it, and God will do it. Now, I'm doing a lot of shouting. I ain't getting there yet, but I'm getting it. Matthew, the 16th chapter. I want to read the 16th verse again. This is where Jesus asked the question, Whom do you say that I am? And how many remembers Peter rises up and Peter says, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. How many knows Jesus came right back at him and said, Flesh and blood did not show you that. No, my Father in heaven has showed you, Peter. Peter. That's exactly what it was said before. But it's all, I stopped it there last time. I don't want to stop it. I want you to look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, and I say also to thee, Peter, thou art Peter. He's changing his name from Simon to Simon Peter. He's calling him Peter, and he says, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How many knows what Jesus was saying? Do you think that he's saying, I'm building the whole church upon Peter? No. Peter is, it's considered, if you translate it, it's a little stone. It's an immovable stone, but it's a stone. But let me tell you what God's saying. Let me tell you what Jesus saw. Jesus saw that Peter saw who Jesus was, and he said, Thou art the Christ. The Holy Spirit of God came down, and Peter realized the very thing that all the Jewish people are looking for, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, has showed up, and Peter got it. And when Peter got it, he spoke it. And when he spoke it, Jesus said, Upon that I will build my church. When he says, Thou art Peter, he's basically saying, Upon what you just said, Peter, I'm going to build my church. I believe that's what it's talking about. I believe it's the confession of Peter. He confessed that thou art the Christ, and upon that I will build my church. When, uh, when the... Uh, thief on the cross was hanging there and he said Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom how many knows the thief recognized Jesus as Lord and Jesus said this day you'll be with me in paradise now I'm not trying to say this was Peter's salvation I'm not saying the Holy Spirit was poured up on him there But I'm going to tell you something, God begins to reveal. God begins to communicate, and and He begins to convert us. And He begins to show us. And if you come to church, you may not see it when you first come. But eventually, if you stick around, guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. And all of a sudden, the things that you've learned, the things that you hear, they're going to become real inside of you. And God begins to show you things. He begins, and this is what he's saying. Jesus came. He's came. He's preached the gospel. These disciples have watched him heal the sick, preach the truth, give God's message. But they want to know what they're to do. Guess what? I want you to know what you're to do. In the 21st chapter of Revelation, I'm going to read one verse. You don't have to turn if you don't want to, but it's verse 14. This is the New Jerusalem. And it says it's built on 12 foundations. I thought, Connie, when Connie brought up about the apostles this morning, 11 of the apostles, Judas being the one, the 12th, but the 11 of them had no idea who it was when Jesus said someone would be betrayed. And they asked that question, is it I, Lord? Is it I? They kept asking the question. And I thought to myself, Connie, you're right on it. Because, see, There they was, in the flesh, didn't know what exactly was going on, other than Jesus said somebody's going to betray me, sitting at the table, and they begin to ask, "Who is it me?" He said, "I, Lord." And 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 I look at that and I think about myself, sometimes doubting God, "Am I going to fail you? Am I going to let you down?" Am I going to hold my head up, Lord, and do what's right in this troubled, terrible time that we live? Listen to this 14th chapter, or this 21st chapter of Revelation, 14th verse. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in the names of the the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Guess what the new Jerusalem's built on? The 12 apostles. Praise God. Listen to me. Here was they saying, Who am I? Or is it I, Lord? Now they're building. He built built a new foundation upon the apostles. Let me tell you something. The churches are built. When my dad came out to the little church, it was, you remember, Sue, it was just a handful of people. 14, I think, the first time we showed up. And my, but my dad began to bring, or my dad began to do his obedience to what God told him to do, and all of a sudden, the people began to come, and they were people that God sent for a foundation. How many of those churches built on a foundation? You know this church is built on a foundation. It ain't my church, it's Christ's church. But he, when he just puts us together and he calls us to do our work, guess what he does? He supplies the foundational people, people that's got to be. And I looked the other night when, we was, when they was playing that game, and I thought, there's a foundation there. I don't know who God might call to do something special. I don't know exactly all of us are special in his eye, and we all have a call to do. But can I tell you something? He's building his church. And he's been building churches ever since he started. And when somebody obeys God and gets busy for him, he'll send those to bring the foundation to hold that church up. Sometimes that's even in money. Sometimes that's just in their presence. Sometimes it's just in their prayer. You know what? Don't ever sell yourself short. God needs every one of us. I don't take my... uh, elbow and cut it off because I don't need it. I just need my hand. You know, I need every bit of my body. I need every part. God needs every part of his body. And we're it. Now I want you to turn to John four, fourth chapter. This is the chapter that talks about the woman at the well. Jesus went out of his way to come to Samaria, to the well, to meet a little woman. And tell her all about herself. I love that story. I could read that every day. It just thrills me inside. Because I know Jesus went out of his way. And went somewhere to ran. That they didn't. The Jews didn't even talk to the Samaritans. But Jesus went out of his way. Sent his disciples off. To go get food. And here come the little woman. Beautiful story. And I love it. But right at the end of it. After Jesus told her all about herself, after they came back with the food, listen to me, he says, I have food to eat that you know not of. Now listen to what I'm saying because this is the call that I want you to hear today. Young, listen to me, this is your call. And I'm not your caller. And I know you got to hear from God. But I know what God is saying to me and I know what God's telling me. And he's trying to encourage us in this wicked time. Praise God when you look around and see young Christian families bringing their children to church. Praise God. And they ain't afraid of the gospel. They ain't afraid to talk about it. They ain't afraid to pray about it. They ain't afraid to shout and scream and and cry and, and do all things and pray with somebody. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you know God does that? But can I tell you, the world has always bidden for you to come out to the world. And all of those that your age are seemingly running to the bars, they're going to be packed tonight. Now, if you ain't here, I don't know you ain't there. Okay? I won't even think about it. But in John, the fourth chapter, I want you to look all the way down at verse 34. Verse 34. And Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. You want to know what you're supposed to do? Finish your work. Whatever God's doing in you, finish it. Get a hold of it. Grow in him. Learn of him. Find in him what you need more than life. Because you need it more than you need money. You need it more than you need a wife. You need it more than you need a husband. You need it more than you need anything. You need him in your life, full in him. And, you know, it was said, I think Yusuf said it this morning, he needs a sanctified people. That means you set yourself apart for what God is telling you to do and you watch what God will do in you. You set yourself apart and say, I ain't about me no more, it's about him. Yes. And in verse 35, Jesus said, Say not, ye, there are yet four months, and then come harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. How many knows? Listen to me, I thought about this. Jesus isn't looking at the field, even though they probably looked at the field when he said, look up on the fields. there, uh, You say there's four months before, it's probably four months before it was time for it to be harvested. But Jesus said, don't look on it and say there's four months. And I believe what Jesus was looking at was the Samaritans that came. I think that's the field he's looking at. He saw people come out of that city when the woman went back, and they came to hear him theirself. And Jesus says, Look on the fields. Look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal. You know, he's not talking about the grain. He's talking about reaping to life eternal. When you tell someone about Jesus, guess what? You're reaping for Jesus. You're reaping souls. You're reaping and sowing. The sowers and the reapers work together. Sometimes you tell somebody something, but I promise you, no matter how good of a witness you really are, if somebody's been praying ahead of you and somebody's been telling the truth ahead of you. It ain't all the preachers get all the credit and mark up on their wall. I saved so many. Don't get that out of your head. Get that stuff off of you because that is not you. The glory goes to him. He's just working through both of us. He'll work through me. sometime. he'll work through you. I praise God that he works it that way. There's nobody, including the apostles. He made apostles. He made prophets. He made evangelists. He made pastors, teachers, and then he gave all kinds of gifts to go around because he knows what his church needs to be doing. He knows how they need to be working. It says, gather fruit unto eternal life, that both he that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. And herein is that saying, one sows and one reaps. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you have entered into their labors. Can I tell you something? I can't help but read that and think about my father. My father came out here, and he sewed his heart out with, for the gospel. Can I tell you, Andy, he worked at it all of his life. I never been, I've been to so many times with him to the hospitals to visit people, to go to go to people's homes, and I'd go with him, and I'd say, Oh, my goodness, Papa, you do stuff I never saw you do in my life. But what it was, he knew he was to set himself aside for the gospel's sake, and God began to bloom, and God began to do things. And can I tell you something? We right here today are still reaping what my father sowed a long time ago. And guess what? A lot of us here from Asbury, we're reaping what Merle Vaughn and what Asbury stood for. We've been told about Jesus. We've been told how to love him. We've been told how to serve him. We've been, we've been, how do you say it? We've been pampered, and we've been told how much Jesus and encouraged to keep picking it up and going forward. When we were just young and didn't know what we were doing, Bobby, there was somebody there pointing the way all the time. Because God had built the church, and he had made it a place where he wanted to work and that's what he's done here, and that's what he's still trying to do. And young, that's what he's going to do in you. You want to know the, what the world needs? They need somebody to sit down in front of them and tell them about Jesus. Tell them what happened in me. Tell them what happened in you. If they hear it, they will say there's something wrong with that guy, or he's either off, he needs medicine, or he's really got something. And they'll find out and they'll begin to get hungry. Because this world's got nothing but dead ends. Every party's got a dead end. I want you to listen to this scripture. Proverbs 11.30, one verse. The fruit of, right, of the righteous is a tree of life. Listen to me. If you're walking with Jesus... You're a tree of life. If you're walking in the righteousness of him, the fruit of the righteousness is a tree of life to the world. Then it says, and he that winneth souls is wise. Praise God, I'm glad that was written. He that winneth souls is wise. And can I tell you, that goes along with the sower and the reaper. That goes along with the mother that prayed for their son all their life. That goes for the one that prayed for them when they knew they were lost and they were uh, in another land fighting in a war and they didn't even know if they would make it through it and the mama's prayers might have brought him home or father's prayers might have brought him home. But God knew what he was doing. I want you to turn to Luke 14. I believe, listen to me, this generation coming, I believe you're facing the great supper time. Can I tell you something? You're facing the great supper time. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. It's a day of rejoicing. When my wife makes food, can I tell you? And she works real hard at it. But when she makes food and she hollers, supper's ready. She don't like it when I don't show up. And I mean now. Because it's hot and ready and it's she's worked real hard to make it taste just right. And she wants it eight when she gets it right. You think I don't know that? I'm sorry, honey. But sometimes I just don't get there quick enough. But supper time's coming. And I want you to understand something. You that's younger than me, I want you to understand. You may be, and I ain't putting myself, I ain't going nowhere till I have to, but can I tell you something? I believe the supper time's gonna happen in your generation. And I believe God's got a special call upon your lives. Hold up the church. Hold it up with the foundation that you're built upon. I'm built up on, I serve Jesus with all my heart, and I don't know what else to do, but to follow him and love him and love others as he loves them. You build up on it. You get together. Become one in him. You can become one. It doesn't matter who stands up here and hollers at you. It just matters that you're together as one. And you're praying for the same things. Lost souls. Someone to find Jesus. In Luke 14, look at verse 16. Then said he unto him, a certain man, this is a parable Jesus wrote. It says, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. That means he he compelled many to come. He 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 bade, he bid for all to come to the supper. Listen to this. In the 17th, and he sent and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. See, that's where my wife was. It's ready. Don't put it off. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go see it. And I pray thee, have me excused. Number one, you don't buy ground you don't look at already. He's probably already seen it, but he just probably didn't walk it off like my dad used to all the time. He probably didn't go out and diagnose everything about it. But he's making excuses for not going. The next one said, another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I must go and prove them. I guess that means go out and hook them up and see how good they pull. You know, it's like when you buy a, an automobile and you want to see how fast it'll go. You wanna see how it's powerful it is. He had to go prove his his but he's making lame excuses. How many know they're lame excuses? I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife. Well, I gotta understand that one. He said, I married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. One of the Jewish, one of the Jewish traditions was when a young Jewish boy married a wife, they wouldn't send him to war or nothing for a year. He had a year off. He had to learn who was in charge. I guess. I I didn't look that deep into the. (laughs) But they gave him time with his wife, you know. Verse 21 So that servant came. And showed his Lord, the servant is Christ. The father is the one that's made the great supper. And he's calling his people home. He's calling out to anyone that will come. Whosoever will come. Listen to me. You want to know why the Lord needs laborers amongst his church? You want to know about the labor that we need? We can look yesterday at the laborers that worked. We can see that today and we can see it for tomorrow. (coughs) God's calling laborers to come. He says, So the servant showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. Now listen to me. Some believe this was basically, he was using this illustration to show that the Jews refused Jesus. They refused the servant and he went out to the rest of the world. And that's where me and you have been accepted in. And I can see it. But I also see a great loss, a great lost people. I see a, a great amount of people in our world that are so far away from God. They don't believe God. They don't understand it. They don't understand Christ they don't care if we have Christianity. Just don't be so serious about it. And don't preach it at nobody. You can have your own little doctrine. You can have your own little thing. Just keep it in your own doors. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus didn't put us here to be quiet about it. He saved us and changed us to let somebody know that there's hope for tomorrow. Tomorrow. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. Now, some people think you got to go out and stand on the highway and preach because nobody's coming to church. You know, and if that's what you feel like God's told you to do, go for it. I'm not telling you not to. But what he's really saying is go deep. Go as far as you need to go and don't look at nobody like there's somebody that God won't love. God loves them all. He's given breath and you have no idea what brought them to that day. You need to understand you needed mercy. They need mercy. We're God's children. If you want to find what God's doing, you keep being obedient to the call. You be a laborer in his field, and guess what you'll find out? God'll raise up people that you never believed. They came from where they came from. I remember the story of Murrow Arvon. I remember the story of him telling, he came out of a bar, and sat on the curb, and that's where God saved him right there on the curb, and him drunk. And he said when he got saved, he was sober. He stood up and walked off. He knew right then God had touched him. You think God don't save people that way? I tell you, God can save anybody from anything. If you'll come to him, he is a restorer of life. It says, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. That means means get in their face, force them, push them. Let them know. Let them know how important they are to God. Let them know how much God loves them. Until they realize that they're not going to believe that it can happen for them. For I say to you that none of those men which were bidden, that's the ones that made the excuses. Listen to me. None of those that were bidden. None of those that would come. Listen to what, what the Father saying. I say to you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. When you reject Jesus, you've rejected the only way. There's only one way of salvation. There's only one one that holds the key to life, and it life eternal, and that's him. It's time to labor. Colossians 3.1 says, If you then be risen with Christ. Who's he talking to? Talking to us, church. Listen. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set all your affections on the things above. Not on the things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. When my wife makes that food listen to me, I already know supper's coming. Don't you? When she's in there rattling the pots and the pans and the and making stuff start to smell, and. how many knows you already got your first warning, it's coming? <laughs> then when she hollers supper time, it's time to get up and go. See, these people make excuses. We got a church world full of churches making excuses. Oh, we don't do things that way no more. If you want to get saved, we'll, we'll take you in the back room and talk to you. Let me tell you something. We got to confess with our mouth believe in our heart. They, Peter had confessed of who Jesus was. That didn't save him, but the salvation message in Romans 10 and 9 says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Don't you understand? He's made provision for all things. And if you need to be saved, you come and you confess him. Lord, I believe you are the Christ. You came 2,000 years ago. You laid down your life and died for my sins and all the sins. of Whoever shall come shall be a child of the king. He will give you power. His own refused him, but to them that came, he gave power to become the sons of God. You know why? People like Brother Vaughn and people that got saved like that, you know why they were so happy and had such a drive? They know where they came from. They remember the day they were lost. And God called their name. And he loved them. And he began to bloom inside of them and show them things. Come on back up. get a song. In Daniel the 12th chapter, there's two verses I want to read to you all the way back in the Old Testament, but I want you to hear what Daniel said. Daniel said in Daniel 12, 2 and 3, he said, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. How many knows in the Old Testament Daniel wrote about a resurrection day? Did you know that was there? Daniel wrote about a resurrection day. It was coming all the way. Even Martha said, I know he'll rise in the resurrection day. It was already, but Daniel was telling that that one day this is going to happen. Then he says in verse 3 And they that be wise, listen, shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. What am I saying that for? Listen to me, young. You that's in the next generation, listen to what I'm telling you. There's a reward. Of winning souls to Jesus there's a reward that you don't even see it but one day when he calls the, calls the people home you will receive a reward for those that you have been wise and you went out with your righteousness and showed the righteousness of Christ to them I mean, here's what I'm saying he's trying to say here you're going to shine bright as the sky and he also says, they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. You're going to shine forever and ever. I think there's a scripture, in I believe it's 11, Luke 11, 43 or something, talks about the shining, the shining of the, of the saints of God. Don't you know that that, Brightness that's going to be where you've reached out and you've reached out to others and you've been wise to win souls. Don't you know that brings so much more glory to Jesus? You know why the Father is doing? He's upset and he's offended that they would reject his Son. Israel suffered greatly because they rejected the Son of the living God, He loved them. He gave them the truth. He gave them the Father's will, and the Father's words. And they hated him. They're going to hate us for speaking the truth. But some will find their way. And God will use those ones. And he will lift up a church. And he will lift it up in the time of your generation. Not my generation necessarily, but your generation. Don't ever look like it was yesterday that the church has died. It's never died. It's going to live eternally. Praise God. One more verse. James, the fifth chapter. The 19th verse. Last two verses of the chapter. The last two verses of James. It says, Brethren, number one, he's talking to Christians. Listen to me, because everybody claims to be a Christian today. Listen to what I'm telling you. He says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one converts him, that means one goes after him, one goes and shows him the error of his way, and one begins to love him and nurture him back to God. Listen to what he's saying. Let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Number one, i got to tell you, that don't tell me that you can't lose your way. Now, this is what I'm telling you. I ain't pushing at nobody's doctrine, but it it says here, when you go and convert them back it says you save a soul from death they ain't talking about dying everybody's going to die he's talking about being separated from god you know so when you got a you think your mission field is is maybe down in a rough part of the neighborhood and you're afraid to go or you don't think it's right for you to go down there you don't know how to witness to those people witness to those that god's put you with because God's doing a work in you. God's doing a great work. Everybody stand, if you will. Peter confessed, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus said, on this I will build my church. What's he saying? The faith of the laborers. That's what I look at. I look back at those apostles, and the Bible says the gospel's built upon the apostles, Jesus Christ and apostles. But can I tell you something? They paid a price to bring the gospel forward for it to be carried on. And those ahead of you and I, Fathers, grandfathers, good old Christian men and women of God, they have stood in the gap, and they've convinced you and me that they can keep it all the way to the last breath they take. My dad, when he, was, when he got saved, he was under conviction. He was 27 years old. I'm going to tell his story a little bit. But he, he went and asked his mother because he kept trying to get saved and didn't know how. He didn't know how to pray. And so he went to his mom. His mom was an older lady. And he went to his mother and he said, Mama, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to get saved. And little old grandma, I could see her in a rocking chair. She leaned up and she said, You talk to God like you're talking to me. He'll answer you. Quit putting big words on it. He wants to hear your heart cry out to Him. Mama knew. Mama knew exactly what to tell Him. And when I look at that, and then I look at what Grandma was in her last days, my dad went out to pray with her right out here up the street in Loveland, over on Rich Road. My dad went out to the trailer to pray with her. She called him on a Saturday night, and him having to preach Sunday morning, And said, you got to come out here. I don't feel like I feel God, and I want you to come out here and pray with me. So he drove all the way from Northside, all the way out here. He didn't take the expressway. He didn't have one. He come all the way out here, and he prayed with Grandma. And Grandma said, nothing. It's like she looked at him like, that didn't work. She said, pray again. So he prayed again. And all of a sudden, Grandma got happy. Grandma started hollering, "Whoop, whoop!" She to do that all the time. You had to see it, you know. But she felt God. She looked at him. She said, "Okay, you can go home. I don't need you." No more. <laughs> he said that. This is clear. He's told every one of us that story. Grandma died two days later, I think. Why? Because from the beginning. To the end, we want his presence. I want to know he's still with me. I want to know that i got a hold of something that's alive and it's never going to let me down. All this doctors will let you down. All of the medicines will let you down. But Jesus will never let you down. He'll lift you up. he He's not, I'm sorry, Jim, but he's not the undertaker. He's the overcomer. He's who he is. Trust him. Put your trust in him. Begin to live. Don't make a a pledge to do a new thing this year. Make a new heart. Let him have you and let him have a new heart. Put a new heart inside of you and you'll be a child of God forever. Devil can't take it away from you if you hold on to it. While they sing something, you need to pray, you come
1: there is peace and contentment in my father's house today lots of food on his table and no one is turned away there is singing and laughter as the by, but a hush, oh, calms the singing, as the Father said. Push away from the table. Look out through the window pane. Just beyond the house of plenty lies a field of golden grain, and it's ripe. children hear the father say Two yeah. words.
3: I don't want none of the young to think i'm pointing a finger at you or i know i said all that i'm not trying to put a calling on you i just want you to pray and i want you to seek what god's trying to do because i look back and i realize some of you have lived a christian life longer than i did and some of you were As far as when I was that age, I think you're up the ladder farther than I was. I praise God for what you stand for and how you stand. We got a lot of godly people in this church. And God knows exactly what He's trying to do. He's put us together to encourage each other. And he knows the day that we're living in. And He don't want to, He, we don't want no weak gospel. We don't want no weak messages. We want the truth, and we want to know what God wants us to do. And as long as we keep seeking that, God will fulfill it. Praise God. I thank you for today. I thank you for your patience.